Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Landon, what's going on? Any any news happened last night? Not a thing. Not, not a thing that I've heard. Certainly not a very <laughs> exciting free agent pass rusher signing that we made for pennies on the dollar that is making me lose my mind right now. <laughs> So uh, can we, before we talk about this Everson Griffin news, can we just kind of, I don't want to say everything that we discussed yesterday after the show, but basically me and you were talking and we kind of poo-pooed the idea of the Cowboys actually signing Everson Griffin at this stage in free agency, right? I I just, you know, I mean, it's, look, (laughs) it's legitimately shocking uh, for, for, I think, a lot of different people. I've had all kinds of, you know, whatever, insiders or whoever we all talk to, right? And and, and almost everyone to a T has said that, you know, no, I, I don't think it's happening. You know, I think there was maybe some interest, in, and, I, and it's now proving out that maybe that interest kind of never went away, but there was some mm. interest, I think, in March. Uh, According to uh, David Moore of the Dallas Morning News, yep, the Cowboys had a lot of interest in March. Uh, they weren't willing to pay, you know, what, $10, $12 million for Everson Griffin, but they did say if that price came down, they would certainly be interested. Yeah, and so I think, you know, ultimately it, the price <laughs> clearly came down. Uh, you know, and I think the other thing too is is and and I, again, uh, let me be, <laughs> let me clear. This is speculation. This is a uh, you know secondhand information. We will sure. see what's going on. But there has been uh, whispers that he's had some off the field issues, and and that some of that off the field issues during the season last year, Minnesota may have bled on the field to a certain degree. Uh, so I, I think that there is some. Uh, trepidation here that you know exactly what's going to happen I, obviously the fact that George Edwards is our uh, assistant defensive coordinator assistant defensive line coach uh, whatever his you know t- t- technical title is uh, I think that obviously had a huge huge uh, uh, effect on bringing him, uh, him in because I think it's just it made him a lot more comfortable with the situation um, but the fact that, that they were able to get him to come in and, and play on a proven deal for such I mean Three, like, give him the numbers again because when yeah, he gave me yeah. the numbers, it was absolutely shocking. Yeah, so uh, last night it was reported by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network that the Cowboys signed Griffin to a one-year deal with only $3 million guaranteed. Uh, there are some roster bonuses on there and some performance bonuses that can pay him up to $6 million. Uh, but again, only $3 million in guaranteed money, and that's if he makes the opening roster, which... Of course he will, because it's Everson Griffin. But you're talking about like wide receiver three money, backup yeah. linebacker money. I mean, this is nothing. Yeah, and I think the thing too is to remember here is that those roster bonus, they, the Cowboys sound like they got exactly what they wanted out of this contract because I really think those those uh, those roster bonus numbers are are very uh, enticing uh, this season. Right, because yes, you don't really yes. know exactly what's going to happen week to week with the season. There's, you know, still a very, certainly more than most years, a high possibility that the season yeah. may not finish. You know, so giving, uh, paying him out in some of this money in roster bonuses kind of protects you in 
uh, you know, if, from if the season gets canceled. I mean, frankly, it's not a lot of money. Even if the no, season no, no, was no. canceled uh, halfway through, you probably only own like eight hundred thousand dollars. You only paid him eight hundred thousand dollars. So right. this is. I mean, it's really just such an amazingly good deal for the Cowboys. They, you know, they they felt like. I mean, just to kind of bring it back to the Cowboys, you know, context. Now, you're in a situation where. You've got a, a very obviously established pass rusher in Demarcus Lawrence who you like, who's going to be the one drawing a lot of attention. And then the question became, you know, we have kind of a hodgepodge group of Tyrone Crawford, Alden Smith, potentially Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. And, and how are we going to fit all that together to get like some sort of, you know, cohesive pass rush or at least something consistent? And, and you know, that felt like a pretty decent group to kind of get started with. But now you add in another guy in Everson Griffith who – you know, is probably if 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 we get a good version of him, is good enough to start in that position by himself, uh, and, and and kind of relegate everybody else to rotational situations. Um, but I, you know, even if he's not, I think now you've got a guy that you 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 feel confident about at the top of the list, and 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 behind him a list of very solid options, including a guy in Tyron Crawford who was your starter at that position for several years. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, uh, and again, like with the report that they're still interested in going after Randy Gregory, to me, it, it just shows you uh, they they clearly had a plan of loading up on pass rushers. I mean, you, we, yeah. we yeah. still also have Bradley and I and, you know, and, and Dorrance Armstrong and some of these other guys. So they clearly didn't think that they uh, uh, had enough pass rush, uh, you know, firepower yet. And I think, you know, this kind of settles the argument to a certain degree of whether they are leaning more towards pass rush or coverage. I think at this point, you know, it's pretty clear that they are going to try to get after the quarterback uh, and force them to make the throws into waiting zone coverage with court with eyes on the QB you know I think that, th- that we'll see a lot we will see some cover one we'll still see man coverage I think that's still the prevalent coverage in the NFL I just don't think they're going to pay for coverage right no now. That, yeah and exactly that's that they're not going to pay for coverage and what they and what they'll look for specifically are guys who can uh, uh, take advantage of uh, of a rushed quarterback trying to throw the ball mm-hmm. into coverage and, and, and get their hands on the football all right, so we're going to take this in a bunch of different directions in just a second. How Griffin fits in, where is he going to play, I mean, just all that kind of stuff. But I want to get re- right back to the salary cap thing really quickly before yeah. we move on. Yeah. Um, Jason from Over the Cap made a really good point yesterday that the Cowboys were actually able to save over $2 million with um, the opt-outs of Jameez Olawali, the greatest fullback to ever play football. And Maurice Kennedy, Ever. right? So they were able to save a little bit of money there, and that actually factored into the guaranteed money. So you ended up only really paying, you know, less than a million of guaranteed money to Everson Griffin. Now, would they have still done that move, you know, if Olawali and Kennedy were here on the roster? Maybe. I just think it made way more sense now that you had the extra cap space that you weren't anticipating. So um, that makes you know a, a lot of sense there. And then again. I think we need to point this out for compensatory stuff. I, I know we just did a podcast a couple of days ago about why you don't worry about the compensatory stuff in season, but this is how you build a good roster. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so, so the Cowboys they traded a let's, let's kind of just follow the path, right? They traded a six round pick for Robert Quinn. He has a fantastic 2019 season. He parlays that into a big contract. Which should give the Cowboys a somewhere between a third and fourth round pick, probably more likely a fourth round pick, 
uh, but a fourth round pick. So you return value on that initial sixth round pick and you get production from Robert Quinn. Because Everson Griffin signed after the June 1st comp date, he does not factor into the comp formula this year. So he's not going to take away any picks. And then if he has a good year, again, he's on a one-year deal, he can potentially bring you back another comp pick next year. So uh, this is just incredible team building by Will McClay and the rest of the front office to, to go out and find these one-year pass rushers, to find guys that can still play at a high level and keeping, you know, rebuilding and retooling your draft picks. Yeah, and, and again, kind of going back to what you were saying, we didn't necessarily... The conversation we had before was not making decisions about game day rosters based solely on comp picks. Comp picks are still yeah. very much, you know, uh, uh, a, a a factor, a weighing factor. It's it's not. It shouldn't be the uh, ultimate decider if you're talking about whether or not a player should be on the roster or not. But I think it is something that can sweeten the deal uh, to say that, you know, to kind of sure. use the parlance. I think that's that's more of what you, you get when you when you kind of inject that into the the, the weighted balance of whether uh, of right. the risk versus reward of doing something. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about Everton Griffin. I wanted to tell you guys about Built Bar. They are finally back. I am so excited about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just the best combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they just taste fantastic. They are releasing six new flavors this week, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, Landon, I want to talk about how Griffin fits into this defense. So, obviously, we have Demarcus Lawrence on the left side. Griffin has primarily played his entire career on the right side. Uh, You you would think it's a perfect fit there. Um, How do you anticipate the Cowboys using him? Where do you see Tyrone Crawford fitting into this? Because I think that's fascinating as well. It's clear this team still loves Tyrone Crawford. Is he going to be the base defensive end on first down, second down, and then maybe you rotate Griffin in. How do you see that working out between those two guys? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, you know, uh, question because it's it's a completely – and I think you know a lot about Everson Griffin and the question about him really is changed in the context of the deal he signed. You know, oh, I, yeah. I think when you sign him or you think about signing him to a $10 million or whatever it was that he was probably asking for at the beginning of free agency – you know, you do that with the intention of making him the starter full time, and you know, definitely he's the guy, right? Like, you know, he comes off the field when he has to, and that's it. I think now when you sign him, sign Griffin to a deal like that, it's kind of a prove it deal. You know, I think that there is some, uh, uh, you know, thought to. You know, really rotating him out, right. really giving him the opportunity to kind of come in on pass rushing downs and, and get after the quarterback, and and not you you're know, not you're not tied to having him play seventy percent yeah, snaps. You don't have right? to, yeah, exactly. Now, especially with the way that the, the roster is currently constructed, right? You, you you do have Tyron Crawford, who is an incredible run player, and and you know, and I think if you were to look at Tyron Crawford's skill sets on the edge specifically, 
versus Everson Griffin and I'll, I would throw it even Randy Gregory and probably even mm-hmm. Alden Smith in there too. Crawford is kind of inverted in the sense that his skill set on the edge again to me is 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 probably better a lot better run player than he is a pass rusher as a as a defensive yeah. end. I think maybe inside you can kind of flip that right. Uh, but but I think as far as on, when Tyron Crawford plays outside, he is a very strong run player and a and an okay pass rusher. You know, not not a not a, not something to write home. Um, I, I think that that is going to allow for Tyron Crawford, who again also is still coming off of injury. So you know you, maybe you don't necessarily want to give him uh, 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 you know, a full slate of 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 snaps. So I think you give Tyron Crawford some early down work. You you mix in. Uh, uh, Randy Gregory, Alan Smith, uh, uh, Everson Griffin on pass rushing downs, mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, as the season wears on, once Crawford is starting to feel hopefully better, you know, not that you normally feel better throughout the season, but right. if, you know, once Crawford right. starts getting back into speed, then you can start talking about some incredible NASCAR packages that you could come Jeez. up with with this group, where which includes you know Crawford and McCoy inside and Lawrence and. I mean, take your pick. I mean, really, you could kick uh, Alden Smith so big, you might be able to kick him inside well, the rush inside and, and get a really uh, an, a dynamic pass rush. I, I want to talk about Alden Smith, and we're going to get back to Everson Griffin in a second. But um, you know, this is somebody that the Cowboys before yesterday were really relying on to bring pressure from that right side. Um, where does he factor in now? Is it possible that we see him playing more stand up? I mean, not off the ball linebacker, but maybe. As like a Sam in some packages, do you see him being just a, a designated pass rusher, uh, as you know Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan have talked about before? How, how does he factor in now? I think that's the real question. I mean, the, the problem is, is that with Alden Smith, we still just don't have any answers on what kind of what his game looks like. You know, is no. it is it is he still playing the game the same way? Uh, you know, he's he's significantly larger and probably significantly stronger. And he's got, you know, kind of uh, some uh, some more years on him, so we don't really know exactly is he still quite as springy and, and, and such. So I guess the question now becomes, you know, can does he have value as a run player now that he's, you know, at two seventy plus? Does he does you know maybe do we start leaning on him more as a early down player as well, and then I'll just try to mix him in as a pass rusher, you know, when you get the chance there too. You know, I hate to, you certainly don't want to deny Alden Smith the opportunity to rush, brush the passer if he still has it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think yeah, if yeah. if he doesn't, if it's not quite what you expected from, you know, the last time he played consistently for you know three or four years ago, then at the very least, you probably have a very a guy who uh, can change his game enough to become a very solid run player. You know, and we and we talked about that with Alton Smith is that he is kind of in that mold of, uh, or he could be in that mold of those kind of players who start the early parts of their career as kind of speed explosion players uh, and who start to lose some of that speed and explosion instead of just tailing off and ending their career, they, they learn a new part of their career, right? So they, they, they learn how to ha- be bigger and stronger and handle the run and that diminished speed and explosion isn't as uh, as detrimental to the, the loss of their game because they have compensated for that with strength and changed the way they play their game. So maybe that's what happens with Alden Smith. Maybe he transitions more into a, a, a power player, a technique player uh, on the outside who can play the run a little bit more solid if he's lost a step. And again, this is all speculation because Alden Smith is just a big basket of who knows. You know, yeah. it's, it's just it's, it's, a, it's a present waiting to be opened at this point. So uh, as you were talking there, I was, I was thinking of a 
quote that Mike Nolan had. This was probably back in February or March. Um, he said the plan that he likes to use when building a front is he likes six defensive ends and four interior rushers. When you start to think of the Cowboys so roster, do my right, counting right now. Right. So we'll, let's go ahead and do it. Right. Yeah, let's do it. So for defensive ends, we have Demarcus Lawrence. You have Everson Griffin. You have Tyrone Crawford. You have Alden Smith. That's four. Okay, so now it's really com- – I think those four are probably locks to make the roster, right? Yep. Then we have Dorrance Armstrong, Joe Jackson, Bradley Anai, uh, Jalen Jelks. Uh, there's some other guys that are down there a little bit, you know, some of the undrafted guys. But, I mean, you're going to have a lot of competition at the bottom of that roster for defensive ends, right? And then if you look at defensive tackle, you know, you got McCoy – You've got Gallimore, you've got Poe, you've got Antoine Woods, Woods. Tristan Hill. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's five. And really, you can kind of throw in uh, Crawford in there to a certain degree because you feel like he's going to take some snaps inside at some point. That's what I'm saying. This competition, and this this is what I always think about when you add stars to your team. Is that it not only improves the top end of your roster, but yep. it also improves the depth, right? Yep. No longer are you worrying, you're relying on Dorrance Armstrong to be your third defensive end or even a second defensive end. Now he's competing for a roster spot, right? Yeah. And that's that's the value of bringing in quality players like this. Uh, how do you see that defensive line shaking out? Like, which guys do you see potentially moving on? <clears throat> I mean, if it's six, it, it's hard not to think it would be. Lawrence, Crawford, Alden Smith, Randy Gregory, if he comes back, Bradley and I, and, you know, probably Dorrance Armstrong, maybe well, Joe. I, I say you didn't even mention Griffin in there. So oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, because I'm looking at our lads in the death yeah. chart. He's not on you. Yeah. yeah, and then Griffin, so that's six. So, so again, Lawrence, Crawford, uh, Griffin, Gregory, Bradley and I, and Dorrance Armstrong, and Alden Smith. That's six. So, so you're cutting you're cutting guys like Joe Jackson and Don yeah. Armstrong. I mean the truth That's is the truth is is that those guys you know like are not from this team. They're not from this no. uh, uh, coaching staff. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Jackson managed to stay on because he has some position flex versatility. Like maybe you could make an argument that y- you could go he could be a backup. Yeah, like, like maybe he'll so. go long at one spot because you could also consider Tyrone Crawford a, t- a defensive tackle. You know, maybe you keep two guys like Crawford and Jackson as swing in- inside-outside guys. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, right now you look at it, and they've got a really solid six defensive end situation. Uh, and, and, frankly, you know, with, with, with the addition here and the ability for Crawford to maybe play a little bit more inside, you've also kind of firmed up a little bit what's going on inside as well. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun competitions in camp here, you know, starting on Friday, the first actual practice for the Cowboys. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, we got a lot more to talk about. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. Okay, Landon, I want to talk about the team-building part of this Everson Griffin deal. We know that he's a great player. He was fifth in the league in pressures last year, still racked up eight sacks. Uh, if you watch the playoff game against the Saints last year, uh, Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchuk could not block him. I mean, he just destroyed the Saints' offensive line last year. Uh, but bigger picture, um, Jane Slater from the NFL Network reported that Mike McCarthy was one of the big reasons why Everson Griffin decided to come here. He was a big part in the recruitment process. 
that he she reported that a lot of players around the league want to play for Mike McCarthy. Um, is that surprising to you? Because I know that hasn't always been the case for the Cowboys before, you know, with having guys that want to come play for this team and the coaching staff. I just thought that was surprising that McCarthy has that much uh, respect around the NFL. Well, I, I will disagree with the idea that the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys do get people that want to come play for them. Maybe not for the previous coaching staff, which right, I, well, yeah, right. definitely agree I, I agree. Yeah. Sure, um, you know, it's interesting um, because... I, I, you know, it's you get myopic into your own team situation, and then you know you, you get a new head coach, and then you kind of learn all a little bit more about what you can from him, and, and and you know on top of what you already know, just kind of you know generally with NFL knowledge, him being a, a coach that players want to play for is is just not something that I had ever really come across when looking for him. Or I mean, not you know not specifically. You hear about other coaches that are like players' coaches, or whatever. But that I, I think it is a little bit surprising and, and, and good that that he is a guy that that you know players across the league have respect for and, and they want to want to play for. I mean, I think you know being kind of a straightforward, no nonsense football guy. You know that at that. That's by far the most common type of football coach, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think that that makes a lot of football players very comfortable, you know. So well, I, I was going to say, I also there. think the familiarity between, you know, these guys played the NFC North for oh, like sure. how many years, yeah. right? Yeah. So that certainly had to factor. And I'm sure that, you know, he knew at least about him a little bit. Of course. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. So that factored in. And then the other thing I wanted to add, uh, the Cowboys did go to George Edwards, one of their defensive assistants who was with the Vikings for a bunch of years. They asked him about Everson Griffin. Uh, and he couldn't stop praising him. So you, we thought maybe Edwards would have a say. It sounds like the Cowboys over the last week did go to him, uh, and he just could not stop uh, gushing about the, the Pro Bowl defensive end. So I just think that's interesting that the front office is uh, asking their coaches about these guys, and they, they want input from defensive assistants and old head coaches and division rivals. I, I just thought that was curious. I'm Well, I, I will point out that I think that's good because I, I was concerned about the idea that after the situation with Garrett that there would be a, a tendency for them to start pulling back and away from the coaching staff and starting mm-hmm. to kind of you know do their own thing. But to me, Working with your coaching staff is very, very important part of of the front office because you know you really want to make sure that you're cohesively coming up with a plan on how to build a roster that the coaching staff can deploy. I agree, and that's and that's that's a good thing that we're seeing the 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 link between the front office and the coaching staff that they're actually working it carried over. They, yeah, yes, that's yes. important. Yeah. The last thing I want to mention is. There was a lot of people on Twitter last night wondering why the Cowboys didn't offer this deal to Clowney instead of Griffin. <laughs> um, I, I think the big thing here is I don't think Clowney is ready to do and accept a, a, a deal like this. But also, there's a durability thing that really does matter in the NFL. And I love Jadavion Clowney. I think he's a fantastic player. He just hasn't been as durable as Everson Griffin. You look since 2014, or actually since 2011, uh, Griffin hasn't missed a game due to an injury. Now, in 2018, he had five games where he didn't play. Those weren't due to an injury. That was actually him taking time away uh, for a off-the-field issue. It was actually a, uh, a mental health issue that uh, he talked about in an interview with Bleacher Report actually a few days ago. Um, he just had a lot going on in his life. The team asked him to step away for a little bit, 
Um, and he did it, and he got back on the field in, in time for the playoffs. So yeah. um, there are some things kind of going on behind the scenes with Everson Griffin. Um, I, I, he's ha- Actually, he talked about it in the interview, so it's fine to talk about it. He's had some alcohol issues in the past, um, but he is fully now committed to being sober. He's actually working on a book uh, talking about how you know things kind of got off the tracks for a little bit. So I think while there are some concerns, I think – the Cowboys were comfortable with where he is at at this point in his career, you know, where he's at in his rehabilitation. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, a couple. Real quick, I, you know, I think the Cowboys have a lot of confidence in their program. And, you know, whether they should or not, I, you know, there's been a, a varying levels of success. I think, first of all, it's hard to measure levels of success in a program like that because there is just such a high failure rate. And, I, and as anyone will tell you who's been through rehab or dealt with recovering alcoholics, it, there's not a high hit rate. The, it's no. it's pretty rare when people can really come back from that sort of thing and, and, and maintain it. And it takes a lot of hard work. So it, it, in, in the NFL, it's probably no different than the cross-section of, of you know the larger populace. Uh, I will po- also point out that Alden Smith and Everson Griffith really have something here that they can really bond a- around. Uh, and I think that these are two people that are really trying to get their lives back on track and specifically trying to deal with being sober. Uh, and Alden Smith, having been sober for, you know, I think over a year at this point, and, and, and I don't know exactly where uh, Griffin is at, at his point in his sobriety, but I, I, I don't think we should uh, discount the uh, the bond that could form there between these two guys, similar mm-hmm. age, both coming into a new team, both having a bond with former coaches that, that they're being reunited with. Uh, I do think that there is a... Uh, and I think that that room in general is also just incredibly supportive. I mean, De- Demarcus Lawrence is a, is a hell of a good leader. And then you yep. bring in guys like Gerald McCoy, who just seems like a very caring person, and Tyron Crawford, who, who just you know, really buys into the team mentality. That that room, I think, can support uh, an Everson Griffin who has an incredible talent. And, and now he's got guys in that room that he can respect, that, that you know, another guy in the room with him who can he could talk to about sobriety. And then if Randy Gregory comes back, you know, I think there's another person who just, sure. you know, I don't think that the, either, any of these three guys are uh, Greg Hardy, you know, no, where, no, like, no, they're going like to be that, the yeah. thing that spoils the bunch. I, I, Alden Smith, from what it sounds like, and, and Everson Griffin, from what it sounds like, have kind of, are really on path to try to uh, change their their lives around. Aldous Smith is a little bit further along, I think, than Griffith. But I think that there is a lot of, uh, a, you know, working towards doing the right thing. And again, I will also say from experience that being in a situation like they're all going to be in, especially if they do the bubble situation and they, you know, kind of isolate, being in a routine, being around people that are doing the right thing all the time, that makes that it makes yes. it makes it a lot easier for trying to get sober, for trying to uh, not you know fall into bad habits. It, it, it's a lot better when you have a lot of a large group of people all kind of doing the, the same thing, kind of doing a routine day to day. That that's going to really help with his uh, with his sobriety, I think. And also, I mean, you brought up Randy, or excuse me, Greg Hardy, and I think there is a big difference when you're talking about people dealing with substance abuse issues in the past or whatever compared to guys that have. You know, they just aren't good people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and these are, these are guys that are fighting addiction, not, uh, you know, domestic violence or anything like that. So I, I think we we just need to make that clear. So absolutely. Does, yeah. I didn't mean to apply does, that yet, but yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I know. I just wanted to make, just wanted to make that clear yeah. for everybody. I, I think 
all, especially Alden Smith, and I think we're starting to see this with Everson Griffin. They're getting back on the right track. They deserve second chances, and not saying that they, you know, deserve not to play in the NFL before, but. You know, these are guys that are recovering. They sh- they've shown attrition. Yes. They, they want to turn their lives around. They want to make amends. They want to make yes. make good. And if, if, if they're honestly doing that, that's way more than someone like Greg Hardy ever did. Last thing, Landon, um, I'm excited. i just just generally yeah. excited about this Cowboys team now. I, and I it's been a long time since I've been this excited just because I love the way that they're building the team. I love the general philosophy of pass rush over coverage. I like the way that they're being aggressive in free agency and building the roster. I'm excited for this season. I think this is one of the best rosters they've had in a long time. What do you think? I know. It's, you know, the funny thing is that we've been doing this podcast this whole time, but, you know, with all the news and with everything with the season and with COVID and, you know, all the, the gloom about college football being canceled, you know, yeah. I really had disconnected myself to a certain degree with my excitement about the Cowboys because. It's almost like you, you don't want to set yourself up to get hurt, which is basically the life of a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. But, but I will say that the last few days with the with the press conference, with this signing, uh, with the idea that they're potting and I think how successful that could t- potentially be, it's hard not to feel like if the Cowboys can find a way to stay healthy and this season can uh, you know make it all the way through – that this team isn't a contender. Like this oh, team yeah. isn't one of the yeah. very best teams in football. And 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 that they don't and you know, with all the resources they have at their hands, there's a very very good chance that the Cowboys can find an extra foothold uh, amongst this COVID situation and that could be another thing that could really just help propel them into a, a season where they're able to just take advantage of the fact that they've got a lot of weapons, a new coach that may take a little, uh, a new a coach that may change the offense enough that it may take a while for teams to figure them out, a new philosophy which could unlock all these, you know, really talented players. It's hard not to look at this and get excited about potential Super Bowls this year. Yeah, this is this is just going to be a really fun year, I'm, and I'm hoping we uh, we get it off the ground. And it sounds like we're getting that way. I saw as we were on the podcast, the Cowboys are still putting plans in place to have fans at, in the stadium so people can tailgate. Uh, it's going to be limited capacity, but um, as of right now, one day before the uh, first practice really gets going, uh, a lot to be excited about for your Dallas Cowboys. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.